Hey, Kansas City. You're listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman, a podcast from KCUR Studios. On this episode, how do you keep Elsie's barbecue feeling like Elsie's barbecue without Elsie? This is the story of the granddaughter keeping a legacy alive. A few months after her grandfather died, Tasha Hammett stood in the kitchen at his restaurant, Elsie's Barbecue in Kansas City, inspecting the brick-lined barbecue pit behind the counter. She was trying to figure out where all the grease was coming from. When you're dealing with pit, you know, there's a ton of grease that gets dropped off the meat. So, you know, that grease buildup, it starts coming out of every crevice. So, you know, when I looked up, I had grease coming out of spots of the pit that it wasn't supposed to. Tasha started working at LC's when she was 12. She worked the cash register, and she was too short to even see over the top of it. Now she's 40. In other words, she knows when something's not right. And so when I did one layer digging, I was like, oh, this also needs to be done. And then when I dug through that layer, I was like, oh, this also needs to be done. Last week, she closed up shop for six days. She did a lot of repairs, electrical stuff, stabilizing a counter that had been kind of leaning to the side. But most importantly, she did a total pit overhaul. That pit lasted my grandfather 30 years, and I wanted to last another 30 years. So we replaced um, the fire brick, we replaced the concrete, we replaced the sheet metal, um, you know, all upgrades to make sure that that, that that pit can last another 30 years. It was emotional for her. This was the first major change she'd had to implement since her grandfather died in February at the age of 86. It was also a big deal for the restaurant. With one location and a three-tier smoker buckling under the weight of stacked meat, Elsie's is a Kansas City tradition. It rose to prominence through word of mouth as the official, unofficial pit stop on the way to the stadiums for Royals games and football showdowns. Even opposing teams have been known to stop by. When Anthony Bourdain visited Kansas City for no reservations, Elsie's was one of two barbecue places he featured on the show. After leaving the other, more polished-looking establishment, he walked into Elsie's and said, This is more my style. Elsie Richardson's absence at Elsie's these last few months has been impossible to ignore. The table where he once kept office hours displays a commemorative plaque. His rolling office chair is turned sideways, so no one else can sit in it. Oh, I will say it's a lot cleaner. <laughs> My grandfather used that stuff everywhere, but um, it's actually there so that people can still have that visual. That seeing him over there means a lot to people. Tasha walks a fine line between keeping things exactly the way they were to honor her grandfather's legacy and making updates for the exact same reason. That's been true since before he died. At the right age of 11, I got the opportunity to really see firsthand what my grandfather did. And once he showed me, there was no question <laughs> about it. She gave up her weekends to work the cash register when her friends were out having fun at school football games. She took every chance she got to go fishing with her grandpa so she could hear his stories. When she studied business at Tennessee State University, she had LCs on her mind. You know, the generation that my grandfather grew up in, the baby boomers, that 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 whole handshake deal, take everybody for the word, 
that is gone. So I wanted to make sure that I had everything, all my ducks in a row to better myself so I can help him continue to grow his business. LC was from Mississippi. He got his start picking cotton. He was oldest of nine children. He also had to fend for himself. My grandfather told me that planted his cotton, he picked his cotton, he sold his cotton, and he did that all over, all by himself, so that he could keep the money so that he could save enough. That's how he managed to leave his small hometown on his own at 18. He was 52 when he opened LC's in 1986. He'd just retired from a steady job at Kansas City's Farmland Industries. He loved to cook, and he'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur. LC's may be small today, but it was even smaller back then, just a counter with three bar stools attached to a liquor store. The smoker was outside in a barrel. The pit entered the picture around 1990, when LC's took over where the liquor store used to be, and the pit was huge, leaving room for only a handful of tables. Tasha didn't get it. I was working there when it was a little small barrel outside, and I didn't understand why we needed this. Gosh, it went from this little thing to this huge thing. Now she does. Now every time I walk in and somebody's taking pictures of that thing or talking about, oh, I love the smell. I just want to sit here so I can leave and be able to smell the, the smoke later. Um, it is the moneymaker, that, that three-tier pit. But um, in all actuality, God, if I could put two in there, I would. Tasha's come around in more ways than one. She used to try to convince her grandpa not to spend all his free time at the restaurant, chatting up customers and testing the product. The restaurant was running efficiently, but that was his happy place. Now she's the one chatting up the customers. She may not be sitting in the dining room, but she does her generation's version of the same thing. She replies to every single online customer review of LC's she can find whether it's a five-star review or a one-star takedown. But the main thing is the meat. Tasha is serious about keeping the meat coming out of that smoker precisely to her grandfather's standard, from the tenderness dependent on how long it's cooked to the flavor from the hickory and LC's special seasoning. Even though tasting the product is her favorite part of the job, Tasha doesn't have a usual order. She works her way through the menu making sure that taste hasn't changed. She can do that thanks to LC himself. I had to light the fire. I had to start the pit, the fire in the pit. I've had to uh, season meat. I've had to cook meat. I've had to put on meat. I've had to take off meat. I've had to make sandwiches. I've had to be the cleaner and clean. Every position in that restaurant, my grandfather made sure that I knew how to do. After all that, the one thing she knows for sure is that everything at LC's, including the bubbly black husk of smoky caramelized fat edging LC's famous burnt ends, it all comes back to the fire in the pit. And yes, it was hard to redo her grandfather's beloved barbecue pit without him there to oversee it all. But Tasha kept reminding herself of something he used to say. He used to tell me, don't be like me, be better than me. So she tends the fire. It's a balancing act. Kind of like preserving your grandpa's barbecue joint for a whole new era. Unsurprisingly, Tasha has it down to a science. It's very important to be able to keep the fire going. 
So when I'm thinking about starting a fire, I'm envisioning in my head how much meat I have to put on because it dictates how the fire is going to go. Thanks for listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman. This has been a special Kansas City barbecue edition, the first, but probably not the last. You can catch Real Humans at kcur.org every Sunday, or you can subscribe in all the usual places. This podcast is based on a column edited by Gabe Rosenberg, and Mackenzie Martin is the producer, with music from Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Gina Kaufman.